Hey, it's Courtney. I do want to warn you that in today's podcast, we get a little rowdy with our language. So if you have kiddos running around, you might want to put in some headphones. Part inspiration, part education, the whole artist with Courtney Rue. Be your best you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue. I'm Courtney Rue. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to be a whole artist. Why is it important? And we have two very special guests on this episode that I love, which I'll introduce in just a bit. But a whole artist is someone whose happiness and fulfillment aren't tied to their creative career. In my case, acting, maybe yours too. A whole artist has healthy, loving relationships, is financially stable or abundant, focuses on their physical, mental, spiritual well-being, as well as their craft. They have outside interests. Why is this important? I was just watching a webinar last night with Stephen Cohn, who's an independent film producer, writer, and director, and Cole Doman, who's an actor who was in Henry Gamble's birthday party, which Stephen wrote and directed. Someone asked Stephen on the webinar, what do you look for in an actor? And Stephen said, I look for someone who is not desperate, who doesn't walk in the room with an air of desperation who just comes in as if we're in a restaurant and we're just hanging out and having a conversation. Someone who's a real person who doesn't want to know what I want to see in an actor. And him and Cole went off on this big, beautiful tangent about being a real person, being a whole human being outside of your acting career, having healthy relationships and having outside interests and having things that are important to you outside of acting. They take away that desperation from your acting career because not everything in your acting career has to be going well 100% of the time in order for you to be happy. I mean, that's just, frankly, that just would never happen. Like nobody's ever working 100% of the time, and especially now, right? I think there's this myth that acting or your creative career has to be your everything and has to be your number one priority. And there's that myth that, that goes around that's like, if you can do anything besides acting, just quit acting and do that thing. And I think that is such bullshit. I wish I could find the person who invented that myth and just shake them. And I wish I could find everybody who tells people that myth and, and shake them because it's like being an actor is about showing people the human experience and being able to tell the truth in lives that aren't your own. And how do you do that if the only thing you know and study and love is acting? You can't. You're rarely going to play an actor on TV or in films or on the stage. Like very rarely are you going to play an actor. You're going to play all sorts of people in all sorts of relationships with all sorts of hobbies and dreams. You know, that shouldn't be the only reason you have a life outside of acting, but <laughs> you, you should have a life outside of acting because it's lovely and fulfilling. So how this showed up in my own life is, you know, when I, when I was very young, I was very shy and like dancing and singing and acting got me out of my shell. And I practiced all the time and soon I became one of the best in my class. Like in high school, I was one of the best and in college, I was one of the best and I was super confident and acting was my everything and I loved it and I was almost too confident. It was like egotistical confidence and then I got into the real world and, you know, I wasn't the best anymore and there were people that were more skilled than me or practiced more than me or, or whatever. And I began to lose confidence. I 
began to have that air of desperation around me when I would go into auditions and I would have to have my acting career be perfect or I wasn't happy. I just became miserable and I actually sought out a life coach for that purpose. I took a program called Stay Sane and On Your Game and it was with Dallas Travers who used to coach actors and Jamie Kalman was a life coach and Emily Fletcher was a meditation coach and the three of them taught this program and I loved it so much and I loved I loved all of them but especially Jamie and I started working with Jamie one-on-one. Through life coaching with Jamie one-on-one, we focused on just being love and being confident in my acting career. But then also what we discovered was that I had this love and passion for helping others. At one point, she was like, do you want to be a coach? And I said, yes, yeah, of course I want to be a coach. I just don't know how to do that. You know, I already have one career where I'm being rejected all the time and it's hard to do. And I don't even know what being a life coach would look like. It seems like it would be the same thing. But she's like, let's work on your confidence as an actor first. And then we'll move on to coaching because if you just kind of throw acting away and go straight into coaching, you will go from an actor who has no confidence to a coach that has no confidence. So we worked on all the inner stuff. I became a more confident person. At that point, my friend Becca McCracken, who was a casting director at the time at Claire Simon Casting, she was like, you know, there's lots of TV going on. Like, you should come back to acting because I took a year off to get my coaching certification. You should come back to acting. I was like, okay, I think I can. So just to give you a clue, before I took the year off and got my coaching certification, I had gone into an audition and, or it was a callback, and people were eating lunch and they were on their phones or computers and like not really paying attention and I got so angry at them and I was like this I hate this career I hate like I just was so fed up and so desperate for their approval and love a year later after my coaching certification and after taking a break from that I came in with a new perspective and the first audition I had I got a call back and I was put on hold and I walked into the room with like just this air of not caring if I booked it or not, having fun with it, loving being there. It was such a huge difference. I didn't book it, but I got put on hold, which is just as good, right? <laughs> but I couldn't have I couldn't have done that without number one for me taking a break, taking a step away. And number two, like really doing some inside work digging into what makes me happy and what makes me fulfilled and what makes me confident, and none of it came from booking a job. None of it came from the number of auditions I had. None of it came from my bank account. It came from inside of me. So I know like, I have done so much better in my acting career when I come in with this attitude and I'm a whole person and I focus on relationships and I focus on making money, whether it's through acting or not, and I focus on working out and eating right and whatever it is for you it might be different right what what makes you happy what makes you confident outside of acting you will bring that into your acting career and today our guests are an agent and another actor and coach who believe the same thing and who really support the idea of being a whole artist our first guest is Casey Hudson my agent 
Coming from both a casting and performance background, Casey transitioned to talent representation in 2013 and hasn't looked back since. She is fiercely passionate about cultivating Chicago's diverse and industrious talent with an individualized approach for each performer and a deep appreciation for creation in all mediums. When she's not advocating for artists, you can find her reading and sipping cold brew at home with her fiancé, son, and their new pup, Shay. And our second guest is Gail Rastifer, a very good friend of mine. Gail has been practicing the craft of acting for over 20 years, working in theater, commercials, TV, and film. Her work on stage has taken her all over the country. After 20 years in Chicago, she now splits her time between Chicago and L.A. Most recently, she appeared in episode 100 of AHS 1984 and will be in an episode of the upcoming Netflix series Ratchet starring Sarah Paulson. For the past six years, she's combined her experience as an actor, her background working for a venture capitalist, a legendary Chicago casting director, and her eight years at the Acting Studio of Chicago to coach and consult other performing artists on how to make acting their business through her company, Artistic Strategies. After a quick break, we'll be back with Casey Hudson. And we're back with our first guest, Casey Hudson. Casey is my agent and the director of DDO in Chicago. I am so excited to have Casey here. Hey, Casey, how are you? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. Yeah, right? I know. It's tough. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get into that uh, in a little bit, (laughs) what it's like being an agent in the middle of a pandemic with a a kid at home. Yeah. (laughs) But first, I wanted to start and ask you, most of our listeners, I'm sure, already have an agent or know the importance of an agent, but can you tell us why one should have an agent and most importantly, why one should have a really great agent like you? Because I know the difference between an okay agent or a good agent and someone who, like you, is just like balls to the walls, amazing (laughs) agent. (laughs) Well, thank you. You know, I mean, I think it's important really for any type of artist to have an advocate of some sort. I consider myself pretty lucky to be in in the position to advocate for artists constantly and for it to be my job, really, especially newer actors in in their career. They don't always know when they are allowed to kind of speak up or fight for themselves or ask for more money or... (laughs) Right. And it can be a little challenging to navigate that, especially early on, but really throughout your career. You know, people hear horror stories about people calling other actors they've worked with like difficult because they asked for a raise or, you know. Right. I know that's something that I really appreciate about you is that you will, without even me asking, ask for a raise for me. (laughs) And, you know, if I get freaked out about it, you talk me through it and you're like, don't worry about it. They have enough money. Like you deserve yes. it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. These these huge networks have enough money. They they, they can pay. Yeah. They can pay you two hundred more dollars a day. Right. Be just fine. But yeah, I mean, I think that's super important. I love working with newer actors, especially just because I do feel like so many people, especially in a market like Chicago, where people don't grow up in the industry necessarily. A lot of people come to it either from other Midwestern states or areas where their families aren't actors, you know, their friends aren't actors. Right. Um, in places like LA and New York, it might be a little bit more common to know more artists, but in a place like Chicago, you can really come from kind of nowhere um, and step into this industry and to kind of like try to 
to navigate that at the beginning can be really tough. It's helpful to have someone who knows what they're doing and can help you along with that. Some people might say that's the job of a manager. Do you feel like in Chicago, an agent plays the role of a manager too? What is the difference between a manager and an agent and how is it different in Chicago? Oh, absolutely. That's why I love being an agent in Chicago in particular, just because we get to have the best of both worlds, basically. We get to have like intimate relationships with our clients where we know them personally and professionally, and we have the time to get to know them personally and professionally. You know, different agencies work in different ways, and and I certainly consider myself and my agency to be like heavy-handed on the the, uh, managerial aspects of the industry, but yeah. But Chicago in general has has always been that way, just because it is a smaller market. In a place like LA, you know, you do need someone who's more hands-on with you to help you build relationships with casting directors and help them get to know you and help market yourself towards them in different ways that you just don't have to do in Chicago as much because there are only a handful of casting directors. So once they know you, it's just about making sure you're still on their radar and making sure that they're seeing you in the kind of light that you want to be seen in in your career. I have a question about that. You know, for someone who's been in the industry in Chicago for like over 15 years, for me, the issue is getting a casting director to see me differently than they did 15 years ago when I was just starting out and like, mm-hmm. not as good as I am now, <laughs> not as smart as I am now, <laughs> like not as confident. What do you say to someone who's not just trying to cultivate a relationship with a casting director, but trying to have them see you differently? It's definitely one of the most frustrating parts, I think, for actors in a market like Chicago, just because actors can feel stuck very easily in a market like this, where they, a casting director sees them and, you know, maybe they only see them as a commercial actor, but they've been really working hard for the last five years and, and they've right. been taking classes and doing those indie films and doing theater. And maybe the casting director just doesn't notice that, or they haven't seen them for something more substantial in a few years. And so they don't get the chance to see the growth. And I feel like that has been a lot of my focus at DDO when I came here from my last agency, it was it was mostly because I saw a lot of actors get frustrated in feeling stuck in a market like this. And, you know, there are things that actors and agents can do to help push past those borders, I guess, or, the, right, or those yeah. kind of walls. I won't ever call up, you know, Claire Simon and say, hey, I demand you see my client. <laughs> <laughs> Why but not? I, can't... <laughs> I think well, she'd like I that. <laughs> yeah, she'd love it. Um No, but, you know, because I have a a strong relationship with the casting directors, I can at least call and say, hey, I noticed that you're not seeing this person, you know, and we've submitted them quite a bit, or, hey, I'd love for you to see this person for this. Can I put them on tape if you can't see them in the room, just so you can see the kind of growth that they've had? Or, oh, hey, did you know this person just booked this other project through this other casting director, and they've been getting a lot of, you know, they've been building up a lot of steam, and I'd love for you to consider them more for film projects that you have coming up or whatnot. And I feel like for a long time, agents and actors in Chicago in particular have been pretty complacent in like, well, yeah. the casting directors know you and they know who you are. And so if they if they're if they think you're right, they'll call you in, which is totally, you know, 100 percent accurate for some projects and right. for some casting directors and actor relationships. But other times it's just a case of like, 
Well, they have a lot of things on their plate. And sometimes our job is to, again, advocate for you and say, hey, they've been doing all this work. We'd love for you to check them out again. Or yeah, um, we really think they'd be good for this. Yeah. What I love that you do is you keep videos on file to send casting directors. If, if you're like, oh, this is like a video of me doing a self-tape of a teacher and this casting director is casting for a teacher, but they don't necessarily want to see me. And you're like, well, look at what she did with this role as a teacher, things like that. And then just going outside of Chicago and getting auditions outside of Chicago and self tapes. I've seen that more with you than I've seen with any other agent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's important. You know, it's hard to keep momentum going in a career um, in a market like Chicago, because sometimes it's great and busy and yeah, we have like eight or nine TV shows, but we still have only eight or nine TV shows. <laughs> you know, so right. once you book, and three well, of them are in the same universe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you so can't once, book. <laughs> once you, you know, you can go on a booking streak and book three TV shows in a row and then have nothing else to do or to work towards in this market. So I think it's important to, you know, especially nowadays and clearly, especially in the future (laughs) with more and more self-tapes that will be happening for sure. It's important to be able to branch out and keep that momentum going in a career. Otherwise it's going to be, you're going to be hot for a month and then not work for a year. And that that just isn't good for anybody. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Speaking of booking and around self-tapes and around this time, you know, what's it like being an agent during a pandemic and are are people auditioning? Are people booking work? What are you seeing and how is that for you? Well, it's weird. I mean, because nobody has ever done this before, you know, it's it's really, it's really a strange time. I had definitely have moments in my, in my workday where I feel like, gosh, is this important? And then I'm reminded like, (laughs) oh yes, it's even more important than I think ever has been. Yeah, totally. People Um, are watching art and listening to art more than ever. Yep, exactly. I think people are relying on the work of artists more than they realize or have ever realized for sure. Yeah. And the life and well-being of artists during this time. It's so important that we as advocates keep trying to help artists create. Yeah. It can be tough because obviously there's not very much going on. I mean, their production has been halted. Yes, I know. There's there's almost no TV and film going on right now. There is a, a, a small subset of very interestingly like quarantine content type stuff. So yeah. um, web series that are being filmed completely on Zoom or FaceTime or, you know, Snapchat videos, which is super interesting, really, to, to kind of see. Yeah, Um, people get creative during times like this. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, there's commercials that are having actors either tape at home or they're sending them a camera and having them record themselves and have the director over Zoom to give direction. And I mean, people are definitely getting creative because they still need, um, especially I feel like in the commercial world, people still need advertising. Yeah. Yeah. And they need relevant advertising. And if they're advertising all of this stuff that people either can't utilize or or can't get easily get their hands on or don't really know how they can utilize it during a time like this. They want to be able to show people like, hey, we're still here. You can still use our products. Totally. So it's it's really interesting. I mean, every day is definitely different, which isn't really that different from the norm. I feel like that's kind of why I love this job is that it's an office job, but it's not a typical office job. And right. No day looks the same for sure. But each day I feel like now we're, you know, seeing new norms and, and new requests and even like new ways of, of speaking about the work. 
we're at the point in this situation that we're going through where we're seeing people want to produce work, but not sure how to do it safely or trying to do it safely, or maybe even like trying to pretend like they're doing it safely. <laughs> and that's, and that's pretty easy to catch, to be honest. Yeah, well, I'm um, sure. What are yeah. people pretending to do? To do? I think it's more like, oh, well, you know, everyone will be six feet apart on set. Mm, mm-hmm, okay, sure. well, are you going to have a makeup artist? Are right. You gonna, you right. Know, like, that person everyone can be, can be six feet. feet apart except for the actors. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, this is a family spot. You want this nine-year-old grandfather to stand next to his 10-year-old grandson. And nope, that's not going to happen, you know? Yeah. So it's it's been interesting seeing the progression going from nothing is happening to, okay, we do need to create, we do need to to make this content. So how can we do it in a safe manner? Being an advocate for your actors, what does it look like to you? Like, when do you think it's safe for us to go back? That's a good question because I don't know if I know yet what it will look like when we completely are um, 100% safe and okay to fully commit to the industry as it was before as reps and artists. But yeah. I mean, really, when our union advocates are saying, hey, right. this is this is safe and this is good, we've checked this out and we believe that these people have everything in place you'll be safe and you'll be cared for. And if something happens, things will be taken care of. I think that's when, you know, I think we'll really know when, when is the right time to go back. If we're still on the fence, it's not the right time. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Totally. How are you taking care of yourself during this time? Oh, (laughs) that, uh, (laughs) (laughs) not very well. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, I think I've gone through phases of taking better care of myself and then taking not so good care of myself. You know, it's tough with an eight-year-old at home and trying to homeschool and balance. You know, we have a new puppy and my fiance is an actor as well. So it's (laughs) it's like really, you know, it's a time for um, our schedule changes every week because we think something will work and then it doesn't. but I'm reading a lot of books. It took me a while. It took me a while. I'm a big reader, and it took me a while to finally get back into reading. I, my me brain too. Not focus. I could. I not... just had to find one good book that yes. like really sucked me in, and that was Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Have you read it? No, but I saw you post about this, so I got to check it out. Oh yeah, I'll get it for you. Oh, that's so nice. Happy, yeah, no, I just... happy agent day. <laughs> Thank you. That's a that's a new holiday. <laughs> Um, no, mine was uh, The Great Believers. Oh, I just heard about that. I really want to yes. read it. It was beautiful. I wept like 19 times throughout the whole book. Oh. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So it's easy to weep during quarantine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. No, well, I'm in a book club, and the book we were reading at the start of this was not post apocalyptic, but post like national disaster type. Oh, national, God. Like na- national, national pandemic. Um, it was real time. life. It was it was real life. It was really intense. And we all had to we all collectively were like, nope, we can't read this right now. We have to. We have to yeah, switch gears. Oh, yeah. I want to be in your book club, but not with that book. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was a uh, we still had a meeting because we all wanted to see each other via Zoom. But we yeah. did not. We did not oh. talk about the book. <laughs> yeah, of course. Who does? <laughs> it's a time to yeah. drink wine. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> talk to your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, another thing I love about you is that you let me put my personal life ahead of my acting career and you don't ever shame me for it or tell me to do something differently. 
And I know a lot of actors, like we talked about before, are afraid that they are going to be shunned or, you know, um, be difficult to work with or like I've taken vacations and turned down work or like turned on down auditions for vacations and things like that. How do you feel about an actor having a whole life outside of acting? Does it make it harder for you? Does it make it easier for you because they're happier? Like what's going on in your head as an agent when someone like me says, hey, I'm on vacation. I can't do this audition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because I think actors approach it from totally different headspaces sometimes. I think some actors are like, oh, I forgot to tell you, I'll be out of the country and unavailable for three weeks starting tomorrow. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) What? Uh, Okay. Book out Um, with your agents, everyone. Tell them when you're going to be on vacation. (laughs) Book out, please. But then others are like, oh, is it okay if I take a half day without my phone tomorrow? I'm like, yes, please go. (laughs) But um, no, really, I mean, what it comes down to is like, we want you to be happy and whole as humans first. And that's, that's that's what matters. You know, you're not going to want to keep going in this tumultuous uh, industry if you (laughs) if you aren't taking care of yourself. And if you're not booking out for a couple of weeks a year and making sure that you're taking those vacations or or just taking a day without your phone and email and auditions. And, you know, and of course, like, I'll always be like, hey, this audition came up for when you're booked out. I know you're booked out, but you want to take it, you know, and sometimes I do. And sometimes totally, totally. And sometimes people really fight with themselves over it. And I have to tell them, look, your grandfather's 90th birthday is way more important. Please go do that. You know? (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think nobody benefits from unhappy artists, you know, no, nobody or stressed out or people who are just trying to get by. And, and that's just not, not a way to live. We're all humans first. I have to be told the same thing. Oh, yeah. I know as an agent, I know that you're working day and night and casting directors will send something at like seven o'clock at night for tomorrow. And you're like, well, I guess I'm working at seven o'clock at night now or when I put my kid to bed or like, so I, I know that it's really hard for you as well to have a work life balance. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that's sadly becoming true for a lot of different industries and not just ours. But yeah, I mean, it, it can be tough. So I totally sympathize with actors when they're like, gosh, I just wish that I could take this vacation and, and not have so much fear that I'm going to like lose out on the, the one time Dick Wolf wants to book me, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I totally understand that fear. And I, as an agent, sometimes if someone turns something down, that's really, really good because of a book out, I sometimes have to check myself and say, okay, this is important to them. This is important to their health and their happiness as humans. I got to get over it. Yes, I worked very hard to get this audition for them. Or yes, they're very perfect for it. And it would really be good. And of course, like as luck would have it, it always happens when you're on vacation or at your best friend's wedding in Mexico or like... (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Always. Same thing on our side. Like I always joke that like, yep, I'm always going to get, you know, the... Uh, it's funny that the Dick Wolf shows, Chicago PD, Med and Fire, all the breakdowns are kind of like not synced, but they all come out at the same time. The auditions happen around the same days. They're all on the same schedule, of course. So I always joke, though, that it's like, well, it's four o'clock on Friday. So I guess we'll be seeing those at 630. And then (laughs) we'll rush to get them done. And then we won't get auditions till Tuesday. But who knows, you know, the time we don't do them right away on Friday evening, we'll get auditions on Saturday morning. And Uh. we'll be like, ah, I didn't even submit yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So 
So it's, you know, I, I, we deal with the same kind of thing. So I try to just keep that in check as much as possible and, and try to try to encourage. And sometimes if an opportunity is really, really big and I feel like an actor isn't either taking it seriously or, or not realizing maybe how big of an opportunity it is, I will have a conversation and just say, Hey, like, just so you know, this could, a guest star role is actually like a pretty big deal. And this is only your third audition with this casting director. So maybe take the audition and see what happens. You know, I know you have this one day booked out, but if you could move it around, if, if you book it, then chances are it won't overlap anyway. But right. So sometimes I have that conversation with people and yeah, if someone is consistently having schedule conflicts and, and I'm feeling like, first of all, let me put a caveat in this is like, I'm not like the judge of like what's most important in everybody's life. You know, sometimes <laughs> your best friend's birthday party is the most important thing to you. And other times you will cancel everything except for your wedding. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like pe- people have different priorities yeah. and everything like that. And, so and it's important to know your priorities and totally and trust yeah. in them. Yeah. But if I feel like someone is getting in their own way with scheduling and everything, I will have a conversation, a frank conversation and just say, Hey, these are your goals and this is how you're kind of standing in your way with them. And what can we do to kind of free up more of your time? Or I think it it happens. Sometimes it's a, it's a like, like an upper limit kind of thing where you don't think you deserve it. And so you don't try for it. Totally. I think it happens more often with people with day jobs. They get a little like tunnel visioned in their day jobs sometimes. And they'll think, Oh, my boss is going to be so mad if I leave for another audition. It's like, okay, well, wait, calm down. Do you want to be an actor? (laughs) And do you see this path working for you in the long run? Then let's take stock in that. Well, yeah, let's ask if we can self-tape this audition instead. Or maybe just go to your boss and have an honest conversation about your goals and priorities. Right. And It never hurts to ask. Totally. It never hurts, you know, unless you get fired and then I'm sorry. Well, and then you find a job that's great for for auditioning. Exactly. (laughs) Or you create a business. (laughs) Yes. And you're the boss. Like yes. I did. Yes. <laughs> We're going to be wrapping up soon, but I wanted to ask you, what do you look for in a talent and how can someone submit to you? And I know you have some pretty funny stories about how not to submit to you if you want to share any of those. <laughs> oh, man. What do I look for in a talent? I look for someone who, A, has availability in their schedule. It's really heartbreaking when, when somebody submits and I love them and then they're just never available. But also who's driven and who has like, actual goals in mind when they're when they're having a conversation and and really someone who wants to work with us as much as we want to work with them someone who's excited about our relationship is really important there are lots of awesome awesome agents in Chicago and sometimes I'm just not the right agent for somebody yeah and that's important to know when people are meeting with agents like do you vibe with this person as a human and can you have frank conversations with them and can you be honest and can you open up to them and can you trust them with what you have going on and what your goals are and if you don't feel that way then that's not the right agent I've met with a lot of really really wonderful actors who I've admired for years who I was so excited to meet with and then we just did not vibe in person and it was like for one reason or another I wasn't the right agent and that was a hard pill to swallow for me yeah totally do you think people should go submit to other agents before they drop the agent that they're not 
really jiving with and not really comfortable with? I know a lot of agents have very different feelings on this. So I will never really fault an actor for wanting to seek representation while uh, while still represented. What I will say is like, we all know each other in Chicago. All of the agents talk. We all are close Again, a lot of a lot of us have very similar styles and very similar communications with our talent. So when I, when an actor comes in who's previously or currently represented by an agent that I know and love and respect, and they are just telling me how much their agent doesn't <laughs> submit them and how bad their agent is, that's a huge red flag to me. Yeah, in any job interview. In any job interview, <laughs> yes. But particularly because I know these agents are great and I know that they're right. great at their jobs. So that just leaves me to say, well, yeah, I'm sure your agent's submitting all the time. What's missing here? And the fact that the, the actor isn't taking responsibility for what they haven't done in the relationship right. is, is the big key there. A lot of agents will not accept submissions or, or take interviews with talent who is currently represented. So I think that's important to note. Mm. And certainly like, it will never be just because like you're totally doing fine with your your agent and your fi- you know you like your agent your relationship is great you're booking the right work that you want to do you're in good hands we're not even going to respond to that submission email really yeah but yeah i think in chicago because it's so small it's best to only submit when you're unrepresented but i i won't fault an actor for not really knowing what to do in those cases right yeah i think you brought up an important point which is like you the agent might be submitting the talent all the time but the casting director is not calling that actor in it's yeah. not your choice as an agent who gets called in it's the casting director's choice so it's just yeah. an important distinction that i try to tell all actors that it's like when you blame your agent you actually don't know that that's true and it's probably yeah. not yeah. true it's probably not true your agent is probably submitting you all the time and and maybe it's maybe they don't know you well enough and aren't submitting you to what you think is, you know, are your strengths or, or maybe the casting directors are like, oh, that's not at all who this person is. Maybe they're underrepresenting you is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a whole different issue, I think, than not submitting, which is so rarely the case. Nobody's going to take on an actor and never submit them. There's no right. point. <laughs> There'd be no point to taking them. Yeah. On. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, how does someone submit to you? So we accept mail or email submissions. I usually prefer email. I mean, obviously, especially during a time like this, when, when we're not going to the you, office yeah. all the time. You don't get um, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. But mostly because I like to people have clips or reels that they're sharing, then that's great. And I like to be able to click on those right away and not have to type them into my browser because I'm lazy. Um, but <laughs> I um, would never call you lazy. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I'm just busy. You're okay? smart. <laughs> you are a smart worker. Yes, yes. I'm efficient. I'm very efficient. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, email is always best for us. Um, again, like every agent has different protocols and different instructions. So the number one thing is just always make sure that you're looking at those uh, instructions and following them and not derailing from them just because you think that the way you're going to do it is better. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, can you just tell one funny story about a submission gone wrong? Oh, man. I know you have a lot of them, but... There's like... <laughs> so many. I don't know. What about the, the person who called and said, I'd like to speak to oh, the agent? Oh, man. So I got a phone call. And this was 
I, I think DDO is still relatively new. I think we were probably six months old or so. I got a call from a guy who was asking to speak to someone about representation. He asked to speak to an agent and he kept saying, you know, I need to speak to an agent right now. And I, I would say, well, okay, but that's not how this works. We need to see your materials in front of us and your resume and your headshot. You know, we need to be able to evaluate your materials and not just speak to you over the phone about this. And he was like, well, I need to speak to an agent because I know you're not the main fucking agent. And I was like, okay, well, um, actually I am. But You are the main fucking agent. Literally. So it was pretty funny. The number of uh, phone calls and emails I got from talent after that just joshing me about it. And so you signed, you signed him, right? Oh, 100%. He is my number one fucker. <laughs> I wish I remembered his name. That's the one thing. Uh, I I will remember your name. Thank you. (laughs) Hilarious. Uh, Don't do what that guy did. Don't. Yeah. And if you're listening, that guy, be better. Oh, thank you so much, Casey, for coming on the podcast. And thank you for just being an amazing agent. I love you so much. And Um, I just know you have my back. And I hope you know I have yours as well. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure being your agent. And and I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Have a great day. Say hi to the fam for me. I will. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Casey. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Gail Rastifer. Welcome back to The Whole Artist. I am here with Gail Rastifer, a good friend of mine and a fellow coach. Gail and I have worked together as actors, but also as coaches, helping actors with their acting career as a business and helping with their mindsets. And in this episode, we are going to be focusing on creating a mission statement for your business. Hi, Gail. (laughs) Hi, Courtney. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming. It is my pleasure. I'm very excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how's quarantine going for you? Quarantine is interesting. You know, I'm not going to be all rah-rah about it necessarily. I think I'm going through what everyone else is going through, and that is a few good days, a few days where you're in the pits. Now, I can say I am a forced extrovert, so being inside and away from people is not really that hard for me. <laughs> I go back and forth. Right. But there are days when my energy just bottoms out. And I really don't know why. There's no rhyme or reason to it at this point. I think it's because we're in the midst of like a very traumatic experience that we've never had before. I think so. And I think being hyper aware and hyper mindful of Mm -hmm. everything, trying to absorb as much clear concise and real information as possible to make the best choice as possible. Yeah. I'm trying not to watch the news every five seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that definitely. As little no. as possible. Definitely. No. If if I'm doing news, I'm reading it. I am not watching oh, it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your source? What's your 
Um, I, you know, I try to stick to the Washington Post and the New York Times and um, anything BBC related. Mm -hmm. Um, And then actually just John Hopkins or any type of science magazine or articles that I can get my hands on. I'm uh, I'm interested in what actual scientists have been saying, you know, that that work in virology or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned you might get a job during quarantine. Tell me about that. Like, what's the the thought behind that? Is it for your morale? Is it for finances? Is it for all of the above? It is for all of the above. To make a long story long, (laughs) um, (laughs) I spent the last two and a half years out in L.A., I literally came back to Chicago to visit my husband before going on to a theater job in Arizona. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. So I ended up, thankfully, sheltering in place in Chicago with my husband. Meanwhile, it is wonderful. But meanwhile, I have an apartment back in Los Angeles with a roommate in Los Angeles. And mama need to make some money. (laughs) Uh, You know, it is my hope that I will be able to get back there, but I need to replenish the coffers. But I also knew that I'm a hustler. So if I'm not hustling for my own career, I need to be working, working in some way, right? Uh, Making an investment, continuing uh, that investment in my career. So yeah, I'm looking for a job. And you know what? happy to do grocery work or retail work, or um, I'm also kind of interviewing for virtual assistant work. My brain gets on the right track when I have something to do. I love, because you're a coach too, mm-hmm. and I loved when we did a program together, uh, it's called Strategies of Success, Yay. SOS. SOS. Yay. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> I loved when you said that your day job is your investor in your creative career. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, because I think a lot of actors get uh, down in the dumps about their J-O-B, their day job, Mm -hmm. uh, because then they're not doing the other thing. And you have to realize that that J-O-B is the money that you can get to invest in your craft. That's all that it is. Now, you don't want it to be soul-sucking, <laughs> right? if at all possible. But if you think of it like that, and it's so interesting, me going into finding a J-O-B for myself, a side gig, is I, I will not have... Uh, Actors get into this problem too, right? Well, if I get this job, it's you know I'll I'll get sucked into it and I'll never be an actor. And right. you know that's something you have to meditate on every day because I am happy to take a job and not be emotionally attached to it because yeah. I know where my priority is. So if it comes down to I'm working this job, whatever next job I get right? To make me sane, to invest in my career and my craft. Down the line, if a theater in Florida calls me up and says, hey, we've got a four-month contract for you, I have no problem saying, thank you for that wonderful side hustle. I'm going to go away now because I know I can get another job. I know it will come to me. There's more where that came from. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And for the most part, muggle employers love actors. 
they're Ooh, they, yeah. they communicate well and they can play the part, you know, the part that needs to be played. I used to teach executive presentation skills and I stopped doing it when I started working on Chicago Med and I sometimes I had to turn down Chicago Med cuz I'd already committed to this company and they couldn't find a replacement. So for me it was like oh no, I'm too committed to this company and not enough to my acting career. Like I have to, priorities have to shift. And so I told them I couldn't anymore, but they love me because I'm an actor and I communicate well and it's like a performance. Correct. And it's not that you're not going to have those difficult conversations with your other employer or your muggle employer, but stick to your guns. You know why you're doing this. It makes it clear. Ooh. And then we get into mission statements. Oh, what's that? Clarity? (laughs) (laughs) So that's another thing that people love with my clients. They love to work on their mission statements. I think I've had several requests for it. So I've mentioned it and they've been like, I want to do that. I want to do that. So that's another thing we taught you taught in SOS was creating a personal mission statement for you. Like this is your company. So Courtney Rue Inc. is a company. Of course. And it's just, you know, my tagline for my business, which is called Artistic Strategies, is making your passion your business. There are so many creative artists out there, and we'll take actors as part of that group that know how to be artists and performers, but aren't savvy about the business side of it. You are your business. Now, most businesses, most organizations have mission statements of some sort. So why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't the artist? Actually, why shouldn't everybody? Yeah. Right? Every person should have their own personal mission statement. And it just gets you deeper into why are you doing what you are doing? Yeah. Can you tell me what your mission statement is? My mission statement has evolved, especially over the last two and a half years since I've gone out to the West Coast. So here's what my mission is. My mission is to be present in the moment, to use my skills and gifts as a woman, as a human, as a teacher, and most importantly, as an artist to open minds and hearts, to give a voice to women of all backgrounds and to lift them up to use my skills and artistry to create and allow abundance to flow into my life and the lives of those around me. I dedicate myself to cultivating my intuition and allowing it to guide me to success. I ultimately strive to raise myself and my family up by working on artistically satisfying, financially lucrative projects with like-minded people. I love it. Can I steal it? Can I, can I Girl, have it? I covered all the bases. <laughs> you sure did. So how is that? Do you look at that every day? Like, where is that? Is it on your computer? The funny thing is now I really don't need to look at it. It really just it lives mm-hmm. in me. More and more as I get older, I understand why I take the work I take, Mm -hmm. why I say no to the things I say no to, and what I'm really open to. Can you give an example of an offer that's been made to you? And you don't maybe have to mention specifics, but like an offer that's been made to you and you kind of do some deep soul searching and say no to it because it's not in alignment with your mission. Sure. Okay. So it was a certain show. (laughs) that I had auditioned for. It was a 
show that was on camera. That's what I will say. And there was a sex scene in it, but a rather crude sex scene. And not only was the woman in this scene portrayed as mm, strident, a bitch, I could list some other colorful words, uh, which I am used to playing, by the way. I am. Oh, you know, girl, you're I have, the best bitch. I have no problems with that. But then the way they portrayed her in this sex scene, and it just seemed overtly titillating for the wrong reasons. It seemed it was it didn't very forward the story along. It it's was just exactly sex for sex. sex for sex, sex for young men to get off on because it was a younger man and an older woman. It was very male gaze. And I'm just not interested. Yeah. I'm not interested in cultivating that. Right. Not, you know, had it been different, I might have considered it. But that to me in my gut, my intuition said, this is not serving women. (laughs) It's not Mm -hmm. serving me. And I'll probably get a lot of exposure from it. (laughs) Um, Literally. But positive exposure, right? But I just, it did not feel right. So I said no. And how did your team take that? That's a good question. What I know that they did was like, not a problem. We'll take care of it. And, you know, mm. that was just kind of it. Mm-hmm. Now, what their personal, um, you know. But they didn't try to talk you into it. No, no, yeah. no, no, not at all. Because, you know, when it comes to things like that, and especially if you have, you know, women on your team, they're going to, I don't think, especially any woman is going to yeah. say, what, are you crazy? Right. <laughs> You do opportunity of a lifetime. Right, right, right. So how can someone create their own mission statement besides working with you as a coach and you helping them? How might they do this on their own? I'm just going to give you like the four highlights that you think about to get started, right? First of all, a mission statement can be anything you really want it to be. I try to stay away from your dream or your goal. That's a little different. Uh, A mission statement's a little more encompassing than that. Now, if you want to make it as simple as your dream or your goal, like I want to be as famous as Will Smith, okay. But I'm asking you to dig a little deeper. So it's based on your values. So you need to think about your values. And I, I have clients write down their three highest values. Do your clients have trouble picking just three? Sometimes. Sometimes I, I, sometimes they have trouble picking three. And, yeah. you know, something that's really juicy, you know. Can you give an example of three juicy values? Well, like authenticity, thoughtfulness professionalism or integrity you know. would growth contribution love yes yeah those, those those are all great you know fun is kind of <laughs> you know okay fun but something that's really deep that everyone who comes in contact joy, with you maybe. or joy is great or beauty right you want to think of at least 3 and keep it, you know, keep it kind of tight. Don't go more than five, but three. And then and then attach a meaningful statement to those values. Can you give an example of a meaningful statement? 
Okay, so professionalism is a big one for me. So I do excellent work every day. I have a positive attitude. I'm a team player, those kind of things. Just Mm. very simple, Mm -hmm. very simple. You're attaching a meaningful statement in regards to yourself to that. So then we move on to identifying your three most important roles in your life, the roles you play as a person in your life. So that could be parent, that could be educator, Mm -hmm. teacher, coach. Actor. Actor. Artist. Yeah, I'm going to say artist. I like artist better than actor. Most actors do multiple things and most people are creative humans. Right, 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 right. A companion, daughter, son, anything of that, right? So three of those, and I'd say keep, keep it to three. Keep it to three. And then meaningful statements that pertain to those roles. I'm efficient, thorough, and provide service to the best of my ability. That can be for like a coach. That can be for a supervisor. Anything like that. And this takes time. This isn't just going to roll off, you know, roll off your brain. This is work to be done. It's okay. Do it. And then the third part of this is be, do, have. This is a great one. I know I'm pretty sure you use this, Courtney, Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. And this is the fun one, right? What kind of person do I want to be? What are the things I would like to do? And what are the things I would like to have during my lifetime? And this can be anything. Go crazy. Dream big. Yeah. And when I'm talking to people about their ideal life in coaching sessions, they're always like, well, you know, realistically, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not talking about realistic life right now. That's your limited mind. We're talking about what lights you up inside, what sparks joy, right? your ideal life, whether you think it's possible or not right now. And then we go on and then we just kind of, we ask questions to better understand yourself to help develop your mission statement. What are some of my most happy and fulfilling moments? What activities do I enjoy the most? What are my greatest talents? What do I enjoy most in my professional life? You know, so for actors, what do I enjoy most in my professional life? Is it the applause you get at the end of a show? Is it the process? Is it the rehearsal? Is it experiencing new playwrights' words? I mean, what do you enjoy the most in that life? What is it about it? Get specific. Because we're all different. The reason that... I love acting is actually the reason I love coaching, too, in that I like to lift people up and make them laugh or have them experience an emotional reaction. And I do that in coaching. I do that with my friends. I do that in acting. And I'm trying to do that in this podcast. You know, like everything that I do in life is, is for that. And that's like your mission. That's your purpose, not the acting itself. And after meditating on all these aspects in in the exercise, you can then begin to craft your statement. Can it be very simple? Can it be very long? Mine was kind of, you know, mine's kind of indulgent. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. (laughs) (laughs) Indulgent. I like it. But it's something that I crafted to help me say, is this something I want to do? 
you know, if I get a project or is this something I can walk away from? Is this something that interests me? You know, if it's, hey, do this free reading for us over here, do this free reading for us over here. And and I'm reading the material and I'm just like, mm, that doesn't, mm, it's just a thing to do. Um, yeah. And I feel like sometimes actors or artists think they have to do everything that comes their way, everything they're offered and right. they and should be don't. grateful for it. And yeah, you don't. You don't. I mean, maybe in the beginning, you know, if you want to, yeah, yeah. if you if you want to spread the seed a little far, just to to get to know people and understand who they are. Yes, I like these people. I'd like to work with them more. Yeah, not so much. I don't. I don't need to work with you. Uh, mm-hmm. y- you can. Uh, I heard th- they're th- like the three P's: people, payment, and project. And part, yes. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And I use this too on a daily, uh, people pay part. And it has to meet two of those three. Right. Two of those three or I don't do it. So what my mission does is it helps me day by day. And it also is a reminder to me, use my intuition, use my gut, go with my gut, be quiet and listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. Embrace money. Yes. Embrace it. And, oh, and, and it can do and so much good. And enjoy it. Money right? is and energy. Use it for good. As far as women are concerned, I'm really dedicated to all women and women artists. And if I have two pennies to rub together, listen, I am glad you are doing um, 12 Angry Men. But I'm going to go spend my money <laughs> at a theater that has a lot of women on the stage. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. Have you read Untamed by Glennon Doyle? No. Oh, you'll love it. I, t- I think I talked about it with Casey in the same episode oh. uh, we recorded earlier. You have to read it. It's about empowering women and being wild and untamed. Yeah, I think you're, you're just going to love it. Okay, awesome. I'm I'm putting that on the list. Thank you. I wanted to ask you yeah. what you love about acting and is it the same thing you love about coaching? Is that different? Like, what do you love about coaching too? Coaching to me is like a puzzle that I am solving and mm. I'm solving a problem. Somebody has a problem or an issue and I am guiding them through it. I am shepherding them through it. I'm hopefully giving them tools to help them onward. The way I coach, I don't expect clients to be forever clients. Right. Yeah, me too. The idea is I'm giving you the tools and then you're going to run, you know, eventually the training wheels are going to come off and then you can do this yourself. You know, with setting up your business, you're making business hours, you're learning how to network now, you're learning your brand, and you're learning when your brand changes, and you're learning how that looks with your headshots and how you go into a room and controlling your content, controlling your narrative, the way people see you. They don't need me anymore if they know that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as an actor, I guess I do see it as also as a puzzle in a way. But all I can say is, and again, this is me listening to my intuition. When I get into a space where I am storytelling and it's just me in the audience or in process with other actors, like on the stage, I'm just going to be selfish about it. There's this high. I can't explain Mm -hmm. it. It's like this circle of energy that when you're on stage, it goes between you and your scene partner out to the audience and the audience catches it and throws it back to you. Yeah. 
I don't think that's selfish at all. I think to me it's a spiritual experience. And that's, I mean, it's crazy, but that's, it's just, it it brings me to my higher self. And I want to be at my higher self as much and and for as long as possible. And if I am, then I can help other people all the more. Yeah. And I think if you really do believe this spiritual principle that we are all one, that if you feel that, you yes. are elevating others to feel that. And so that is not selfish at all. 100%. 100%. So, you know, I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I always say I would cease to be a coach if I cease to be an actor or mm. at least hustled to be one because I wouldn't be able to help them correctly if I weren't doing it myself. I do love that you're, you have your nose on the, what's that saying? <laughs> you're, you're, you have your finger the on the beat. Finger, finger on the pulse. You have your finger, finger on, on the, the pulse. pulse. Yes. <laughs> I love that you have your finger on the pulse of the business and you know what's in style. You know, you do research on your clients and you have them do research on themselves actually and share that research with you, which I love. Like we are doing the work as your client. I worked with Gail and she prepared me for some headshots and like I had to go through my auditions that I've had. I go through what did, what did I book? What was this type? Like, and then, you know, you are so insightful for yourself and for others about what works for them and what they need to focus on and their brand. And I had not thought of that before. And I know I should have, but you're really good at turning, like you said, your passion into a business. And I just appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you oh, too. Thank you. <laughs> I know it, it gets me excited. And, you know, a lot of people are like, just be yourself. And, and you know, it is about being yourself. It's also about what the market will bear, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to understand where you're living and the type of industry that's happening at that moment and then figure out where you would fit in. Yeah. And like, I could totally see myself as a as a sexy, like, seductress. But when people look at me, they see like teacher, happy teacher. Right, (laughs) right. And that's just being honest. You know, it's it's being honest with yourself. And, you know, it really is how people perceive you. I mean, that's part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. And just how you walk into a room, you have an essence. You can't help that essence. You cannot get rid of the essence. You cannot get rid of the anchor. And and that, I call that the palm of the hand. And then whatever, you know, brands or brands branch out from there, it's the fingers of the hand. You might only have two Mm -hmm. fingers on that hand, which (laughs) rock it if you've got it, because usually those are the people that work the most, you know, some people have more, you know, in Chicago, I didn't have very many fingers on that on that hand Mm. out in LA I have way more because it's just what the market will bear yeah and I talked to Casey about this too is like also the casting directors here have known you for 20 years yes they have an idea of who you are and it's not going to change necessarily and it's a 20 year old idea yeah yeah I mean that that can be the scary part about being in a smaller market is that the idea they have of me is literally I was 20 years younger right (laughs) Bless, you're like, bless, I'm different. But yeah, I've I'm grown. Different. I'm a different. different person. <laughs> Brand has changed. Brand has yeah, changed. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you are like, well, you have to tell, you have to show them that in yeah. your marketing materials. 
Absolutely. He, here's the here's the new me. Here's my updated yeah. brand. Because people don't have time. Yeah. They don't have time to figure you out. They don't have time. You need to show them. It makes their job so much easier so they can make a decision about you. Help them help you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're you're walking in and saying, I hear Michael Kostroff says this and he's going to be a guest soon, but oh, he great. says um I hear you need an actor. Maybe I can help is the right. thought process that goes in his head when he enters the room of an audition. It's right. like, I'm here to help casting make a decision. I am this plush Berber carpet mm-hmm. in a lovely maroon. <laughs> Maybe you want blue. I don't know, but here's I don't maroon. Know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how could people get in touch with you if they're like, I really want to figure out my brand. I want to figure out my mission statement. How do I do this, Gail? Absolutely. Or I need to get focused and set up business hours, set up Mm -hmm. my business. Accountability? Uh, Yeah. Just like, okay, you're going to set a timer. I mean, I have all these exercises. So you can reach at me at artisticstrategies at gmail.com. And we'll put the info in the show notes as well. Yes. And the website is artistic dash strategies.com dot com yes oh gail you're a delight you're a delight i'm so excited you're doing this i'm excited you're in chicago even though i can't see you (laughs) maybe we could wave at each other from like 10 feet apart we're loving each other from a distance (laughs) loving each other from a distance (laughs) i've missed you um and i hope i get to see you in person someday soon Yes, yes. Me as well. Me as well. Thanks so much for your time. Of course. And thank you. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for being here, Gail. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a second to wrap up. Thank you so much to our guests, Casey Hudson and Gail Rastafer. I'm so excited that you were on the show. I love you so much. You are amazing. I also want to give a special shout out to Jamie and Eric at Blythe Martin Productions for my amazing little jingle there. Thanks to Mike Caputo at Pod Clubhouse for producing this awesome podcast and Joe Mazza for the photo in my logo. The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue is produced under the SAG-AFTRA new media contract, so thanks SAG-AFTRA for that. I hope you've been inspired, I hope you learned something, and I hope you feel better than you did before you were listening to this. So have a great day, and I'll see you next time. The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue. The Whole Artist with Courtney Rue is a Pod Clubhouse original production, produced, engineered, and edited at Pod Clubhouse Studios. Follow us online at podclubhouse.com.